Good morning, everyone. Thank you all for, for being here. Welcome to Rich Community Church. Uh, my name is Alan. I am uh, uh, filling in for our lead pastor, Heath, as he is preaching in Columbia, South Carolina today. We are going to finalize a four-part series today titled Mastermind, which we ad- adopted from LifeChurch.tv. In, uh, uh, in week one, we, we went over winning the war in our minds. Um, this idea that what comes into our minds will come out in our lives. In uh, week two, we, we talked about our, our minds and the things that we can do to sort of master our thinking. Uh, and in week three, we, we talked about how we frame our thinking. We, how we created the wrong or, or right pathways in our brains to, so as to behave more like Christ or, or not. And of course, you can go online on our website at, at richcommunitychurch.com and, and you may listen to them there if, uh, if you want to. So today, week four, we will be talking about the, the peace of God. So what does that mean and, and how can we get there? And, and what is it that, that takes our peace away? You know, we can uh, uh, become worried or or anxious about the situations that that we may be facing we begin to have these runaway thoughts these these irrational worries that trigger fear and anxiety we uh, we see something we we experience something and it triggers a response that leads to fear or or unhealthy thinking things such as good grades uh, not enough friends not enough likes not enough followers where to go to college, the right job, the perfect spouse, family, kids, health, money, thinking you're not a good wife, thinking you're not a good husband or a good caretaker or a good provider, uh, thinking you're not a good mother, thinking you're not a good father or a good leader. All these things and more can play a role into disrupting our peace with God. And I'm sure that in all of our lives, worry is a, is a common temptation. Uh, here in, in, in America, the, the most affluent or wealthy society probably ever is also the most worry-filled society ever. We worry, and, and we worry a lot. And worry may be a a sin, or is a sin. It is highly important that we don't brush it off as insignificant or, or not important. And for the Christian, it goes against to how Christ wants us to, to live. Let's uh, uh, read what Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through, through 34 says. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more, are you not more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, 
Even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Three times in that short passage, uh, Jesus instructed us, do not worry. And, and the way in which he says it shows the strong meaning and commands of, of this instruction. In verse 25, he acknowledges worry as an everyday practice, referring back to the consumptions of our everyday life, such as food or clothes. In verses 31 and 34, he continues to instruct us in such a way as to not be anxious for what he will surely provide. And, and I'm sure uh, we are all aware that in order for us to stop worrying, it's not, not, it's not just about flicking a, a switch or an on or off. That would be rather nice. Um, I'm sure we understand that it is rather easy to be stressed out in this world of ours. We understand why people around us and, and ourselves are, are anxious. We can understand why, why we worry. We can understand why, why people have, have panic attacks. It's, it's frightening to be dangling in this unpredictable and inexplicable universe and feeling all alone and not being able to figure out why we're here and, and where we're even going. I, I get it. I definitely understand why, why people take drugs and, and drink and go on eating binges and, and Netflix binges and wild adventures and all kinds of things to fill their minds with, with other thoughts. We are living in an anxiety-ridden culture. And the most amazing thing about this is, as like we said before, this is the most indulged, the most lavish, the most comfortable society probably ever. This is the society that, that has the most, but it seems to be anxious, but it seems to be the most anxious, stressed out, panic society ever. We have a massive medical world that it, it is set up in such a way that it exists to do nothing but help people with stress. No worry goes undiagnosed, no worry goes undefined, and no worry goes unmedicated. The term, the, the, it might be so common that we don't even talk about eradicating it, about eliminating it. The, the term that is so widely used to give people hope is to manage it. We may take a class on it, read, read books about it, get some counsel on it, buy more material to learn how to cope with it or, or learn how to manage it. As, as if it was a, a baseball team in need of a manager. And, and those things may help. I'm, I'm not here abhorring those things. But what I want to tell you is that Jesus came along to tell us, I am not going to teach you 
how to manage your stress or worry, I'll eliminate it. John 16.33 says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And before we talk about the resourceful ways that that God has provided for us to eliminate this distress or worry, we'll first talk about what actually happens to us spiritually when, when worry takes a hold of us, when when worry becomes becomes bigger than God. And let's let let's quickly and, and real quick let's let's think about something. As as Christians we we worry. And and as Christians we also believe God can redeem us. We believe he can break the, the shackles and, and bondage of Satan. We believe God can take us from hell to heaven, put us into his kingdom and give us eternal life. But sometimes we just don't think he can get us through the next couple of days. And that is something right there, isn't it? That we can believe God for the greater gift of salvation and, and not and then doubt him and, and, and not believe him for the lesser one. So what happens to us spiritually? Let's start with this one. Worry is, is, a, is a serious sin. And, 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 and we should be understanding of this in, in our own personal life. And should be quick to encourage a brother or sister in Christ who may experience this in, in, in anything. Worry and anxiety are, are a big deal. Uh, a majority of mental illnesses and even some physical illnesses are, are directly related to worry. Many cases of, of drunkenness and drug addictions are symptomatic of worry. Worry is even detrimental to our memory, scientifically proven. And if you want the explanation of it, you can come see me after service and we'll uh, Google it together. And because of worry... Many of us can, can make many, can make foolish life decisions, incurring painful consequences. Worry is, is devastating. But more important than what worry does to us is what we're communicating about God. When we worry, we are, we are essentially saying, God, I, I just don't think I can trust you. And that is sort of a, a blow at, at God's character, isn't it? Imagine your, your kids coming up to you and telling you, Dad, Mom, I just don't trust you. Another thing that, that worry can, de- can do to us as, as Christians, or what worry says about us as Christians, is that we're having a hard time believing, believing in the Word of God. I would say that probably most of us in this room believe in the inerrancy of Scripture. We believe that the Bible is without error, being inspired by the Holy Spirit. But then in turn, we may live our lives as perpetual, perpetual W.O. warriors. And if we do that, if we fall on that trap, we're essentially believing one thing and living another. Being a, a Christian and, and living in worry does not go in line, it, it is not in harmony. It, it is incongruous to the way of life 
that God wants us to live revealed in, in his word. I mean, let's go back to the verses we read earlier. Uh, Jesus says, do not be anxious about your life. Easier said than done. <laughs> but we have the Holy Spirit to perform that miracle in our souls. And we'll surely find out how. Another thing that, that happens to us as believers is that we may become mastered by our circumstances. When we worry, we are sort of choosing to, to be controlled by the circumstances around us instead of being controlled by the truth of God. You know, all the, all the changes and, and trials we experience here in life failing in comparison to the greatness of, of salvation. And Jesus wants us to know And Jesus wants us to open our eyes to the reality that if he can save us from eternal hell, he can also help us in the practical matters of our everyday life. The Apostle Paul reflects a similar desire in in Ephesians chapter 1 verses 18 through 19. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his great mind. When we catch ourselves worrying, let's go back to scriptures and, and allow God to open our, the eyes of our hearts again. Another thing we can fall prey to is to feel anxious or worry too much about tomorrow. About what's, what's coming. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 verses 34. Do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient is the day for its own trouble. Every day has abundant necessary troubles of its own. So that it is almost unreasonable to increase present distresses. By anticipating that those that are to come. Especially by that anticipation. We have no power in preventing any future evil. Providing for tomorrow is good and and should be done. But being perpetual W.O. warriors about tomorrow is living a life he has not called us to live. He is the God of of tomorrow as he is the, the God of today. A Bible commentary reads, reads the following. The evil... The trouble, the anxiety of each day as it comes is sufficient without perplexing the mind with restless cares about another day. It is wholly uncertain whether you live to see another day. If you do, it will bring its own trouble. And it will also bring the proper supplier of your needs. God will be the same Father then as today, and he will make then, as he does now, proper provision for your wants. Lamentations 3.23 tells us his, his mercies are, are new every morning. He feeds us like he fed the children of Israel with just enough manna for the day. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday as today, Hebrews 13.8. That means that he will be doing the same thing tomorrow that he was doing yesterday. If we are concerned about looking ahead and and have uncertainty, 
about the future. Let's, let's just look at the past. Did he sustain you then? Then don't worry. He will sustain you in the future as well. So how do we move from feeling worry, from feeling worry and anxious to a place where we can enjoy the peace of God every more day after day? You know, I, I, I researched different strategies and I, I put the word research, but really I googled it. Research just sounds a little more. Um, so I researched uh, different strategies, uh, strategies to deal with, with anxiety and worry. I found a multitude of, of different ones. From setting aside 30 minutes to do our worrying to picture of ourselves at our favorite beach or, or favorite park. And I was going to go over many different, I was going to go over many other different strategies that I found, but I think all of them can be summed up with, with one goal in mind. To make anxiety a manageable part of daily existence. The best the world can, can offer us is to manage our anxieties, is, is to manage our worries. And look, like, like I said before, I'm, I'm, I don't think it's wrong to use other tools to help us with our emotional burdens. I'm, I'm just here to tell you that Jesus offered us to eliminate it. In the same way, science or doctors can explain the miracles that happen every day in our hospitals. I mean, have you ever met someone with, with stage 4 cancer who, by the grace of God, it's, it's gone? Have you ever met someone who's had a brain tumor that, by the grace of God, rescinded? Have you ever met someone who's gluten intolerant who can now go to restaurants and eat chips? I have. I have a friend this happened to. I took pictures before, after. It's, it's amazing. True story. True, true story. We serve a big God. Uh, and, and, and Jesus can, can heal us from any perpetual, never-ending, constant, abiding anxiety or, or worry we may struggle with. And the good news for us is that it is not this hidden mystery that's away from us. We don't have to, to climb the, the hard, long, lone path of loneliness to get to it. We don't have to climb the tallest mountain on earth and, and fight off the mentors to get to it or go on long trips across the universe to collect infinity stones or fight off intergalactic armies to find the hidden plans to destroy a death star or sum up a guru to give us the secrets to inner peace. But our answer against the power of darkness against the, the tribulations of this world lies in, in our ultimate weapon. A weapon that's alive and exerts power and is sharper than any two-edged sword and pierces even to the dividing of soul and spirit and of joints from the marrow and is able to discern thoughts and intentions of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 the Word of God. In the Scriptures, we find a, a, a clear indication for what to do when, when the burdens of life press in upon us. 
You know, the, the Apostle Paul was a man who, who had a lot to, to worry about. Uh, there were all the, the struggling new churches. There was his concern for the people who had not yet heard the gospel. And not to mention his concern for his own health, for his own safety, and his own well-being. But it was while he was under confinement in Rome that he wrote some of the most memorable words on worry and, and anxiety. Words that, that God has used to encourage his people ever since. Some of these remarkable words are found in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, what, what he is saying here is, is, is follow my example, guys. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. These, I think, are, are words that tell of the assurance and, and promise of God's provision and security uh, toward, toward us. We are literally told not to worry about anything, but to pray about everything. There are several, uh, there are several different ways in which this first couple of verses can be broken into, and, and there are uh, uh, different ways in which we are told to pray. The first way in which we are encouraged to pray is in a, is in a general way about, about everything. Another way can refer to a specific prayer requests. We worry specifically, so we should pray specifically. Are we worried about a, an unexpected bill or, or a financial, financial burden? Pray specifically for, for the Lord's provision. Are you worried about a, a diagnosis, a, a big decision coming up, or some life-changing news? Pray specifically for wisdom for the way forward. Incredibly so, we are, we are promised that when we pray, the, the Lord will give us the, uh, peace instead of anxiety. It's a, it, it's a kind of peace that defies the circumstances in which we may find ourselves in. God's peace is, is not the absence of conflict. But it's a settled security grounded in, in our relationship with him. Paul writes that the resultant peace will, will safeguard our, our hearts and minds. Dr. D. Martin Lloyd-Jones, one of my, my favorite theologians, uh, described it this way. What will happen is that this peace of God will walk around the ramparts and towers of our life. We are inside. And the activities of the heart and mind are producing those stresses and anxieties and strains from the outside. But the peace of God will keep them all out. And we ourselves inside will be at perfect peace. Let's not forget to pray. But Paul doesn't stop there. He gives us another antidote to anxiety and and this is to think 
about what we think about. With, with very good reason, verse 8 follows verses 6 and 7. In those first two verses, 6 and 7, we are told that prayer is the place to begin. In verse 8, we are told what to think about instead of worrying. Which is great. Because to be quite honest with you, I, I don't know anyone who can pray all the time. Here, uh, Paul gives us some important principles to, to think about instead of, instead of worrying. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What is critical from this verse is that we're essentially being challenged to think about what we think about. Each of these words represents a, a brand new perspective to replace the, the worry nets that, that crowd into the webs of our minds. Paul begins with whatever is true. That, this is the foundation for the rest of the perspectives he gives us here. We, we are blessed uh, to have the, the truth of God's word, which include all his, his wonderful promises. Are you worried about finances? The truth is that my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19 Are you worried that you won't have enough strength to carry on? The truth is that I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13 If you are feeling lonely, if you're isolated or neglected, the truth is that God tells us I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13.5 are you worried about your security in the Lord? The truth is, for I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 through 39. And on and on and on and on and on and on. Instead of worrying, Let's try to spend some time diving into the depths of, of, of this new way of thinking. If I can invite the worship team up, please. Thinking in the, in the things of, our, of the Lord will change our minds and our lives into becoming stronger Christians. It can uh, bring to us this, this peace that, that this, this peace of God that transcends all understanding, meaning that you won't react like the world would if, if something were to go wrong. Beyond understanding doesn't mean that you can't explain it. It might mean that they can't explain it. And, and we must be, be ready. Ready for, for the opposition from this world. Ready for the opposition from the world of, of darkness. 
First Peter chapter 1, verse 13 says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that God will be brought to you, that, and the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of, of, of Jesus Christ. Let's, let's have a passion for the Word so that we may grow and, and we may change our, our minds. First, we, we read the Bible and, and, and get information. We, we learn to understand what it says. Then, as we continue to read the Word of God, that information will become belief. And that belief then becomes conviction. And conviction then ultimately becomes affection. Affection for the Word of God. And that's when we can say with David, Oh, how I love your law. Psalm 119.97. Let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to be here today. Uh, thank you for uh, this series, Father God. Um, I pray that as we continue in our Christian walk, that we may become masters of our minds through through your word first, through the Holy Spirit, through through your Son, um, that, so that we may see this world with a brand new perspective, with so we can have these these theological biblical lenses, so that we can see the world and so that our, our spirit may change and, and and can continue to change in into becoming more more like you, Father, into becoming more more like Christ. In your name, we pray. Amen.